Älskar du den här podden? Stötta den genom IKAs nya supporterfunktion. Det är helt upp till dig hur mycket du vill bidra med och det finns ingen bindningstid. Klicka på länken i poddbeskrivningen för att visa din uppskattning och stötta podden. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to this episode of Odd Job Comedy Podcast, and this this is our first English episode, actually all English. Maybe maybe there will be some Swedish also. We don't know yet. Uh, we have a special guest star. This this episode with us is Jonathan Rollins. Uh, hey, yeah. Yeah. thanks for having me. Famous stand-up comedian and lots of other things, I guess. <laughs> Jonathan, welcome. Thank you. Okay, you nervous? Very. Um. No, 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 no. <laughs> we are. Yeah. Oh, so You're in good hands. <laughs> As we're recording this at the Nordic Heart Center, we're all in good hands. If anything. Yeah. In case you're going to have a heart attack, it's a very good time to have it now. Yeah. <laughs> you can get this card. <laughs> we, had, we had a former guest. Uh, we had uh, Atto Carson. He was the yeah. first guest that actually asked about if someone has died in this space. Yeah. Yeah. It's a heart yeah. yeah. And since it's Halloween, yeah. no, no one did. Or, a, bit, a, a bit too late. But I mean, if it's it's four of us, so if we have a massive heart in, in fact four, then we can have take four, pay for one, like you know. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> can you cure like heartbreaks as well? If oh, heartbroken? Heartbreak, heartbroken. That's my specialty. That's your specialty. Oh, okay. You could have a session with me. You know, I got I got a new watch, a Fitbit uh, Charge Three. It's really, I, I mean, it's I love it, and it takes my pulse all the time. So I, I know I know what pulse I have. How, what is that pulse good do you about? have now? Sorry. What is it now? Uh, now it's uh, seventy-five. It's pretty high. Yeah. 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 Is it because we so. just started recording? Yeah, I think so. I'm getting a bit <laughs> yeah, nervous. So it's a, yeah, the energy. Oh, it's, it's not negative yeah. energy though. So it's good. No, it's positive. Yeah. So it's yeah. I got a positive heart rate of seventy-five right now. Yeah. It's pretty good. And having so. a high rate, is it like you? It could be because you're fit or no? No, you're supposed to have a low heart rate, I guess, when you're uh, resting. Resting. Yeah. So what what you call it? A resting pulse or resting heart rate? Uh, yeah. yeah. So that my, mine is down to 48 or something when I'm resting, and that's supposedly pretty good for an old man like me. 
<laughs> you know, you should borrow yeah. the us later to see what we have. Like, yeah. You have, better thing, have a, you have better equipment than this? No, no, you know, because <laughs> this cost I'm me Iranian, I compete all the time. Okay. So I have to the highest rate. Right, yeah. <laughs> but you don't want to have a high rate. You want to have a low rate. But then when you're working out, you, you want to have a high, yeah, you know. <clears throat> so that's, uh, I don't know. We can compare later on. Um, anyways, <laughs> this episode was not about the Nordic Heart Center and my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> it could be if you want to. It's I not don't mind. <laughs> I came here to talk about Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I told you. Jonathan, you want to come and guest our podcast? We're going to talk about heart rate. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. That's going to be interesting. Or not. We're going to talk about sliding doors or uh, coincidences in life where something happens and uh, uh, you're all of a sudden on another, in another place than you thought you would be in. Uh, so, so that's the topic for today. That's, it's going to be interesting to see what we can find out. Do, Robin, do you have any, any reflections on that? Topic? I've written down vegetarian, 16 years old, and dreadlocks. Oh! That's what I've written down. I, you know, looking at you, Robin, <laughs> I'm not thinking dreadlocks, actually. No. That's not my first, you know, right. thought that comes to my head. Did you, when, did you, when did you get dreadlocks? Uh, when I was the age of 16, I think. Okay. I had them for like nine years. So you were vegetarian and you had dreadlocks yeah. at the same time. The, the stereotype, the typical stereotype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I had uh, shoes made of, of hemp. Oh, like, really? Like, vegan shoes. And, oh, like, cool. You were that yeah. far into yeah. that. Oh, man. Okay. You were that guy. <laughs> I was that guy. So. <laughs> I was that guy. <laughs> Connected to what? Music. What kind reggae, of music? Reggae music, of, of course. course it is. Uh, Swedish hip hop. Yeah. Like Loot Troop. Yeah. Being anti everything. Yeah, I, I used to love Loop Troop. Yeah, you used to. Yeah, I, I still do, actually. But, I mean, they're, they're not still around, are they? Yeah. The mute? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm. Oh, good. No, but I guess that was, uh, like... Uh, when I... I was like... Nowadays, vegetarian vegetarians and vega veganism is like this uh, hipster kind of uh, urban kind of thing that everybody is trying to approach but for me i think I, get, I got so many questions about it and everybody was trying to like i need to every time they asked me what i was eating and why i choose to eat the way i eat uh people ask me so many questions and i mean it's, it's not like a big deal but uh i was a vegetarian for maybe 15 17 years oh, yeah that's a long time yeah, yeah so i stopped now and become trendy yeah, <laughs> you're not a vegan anymore. No. no. So what happened? I, why? Uh, why did you stop? Uh, I don't know. My 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 girlfriend kind of convinced me. So she cooked a good meal. Oh. <laughs> no, but, but I, I don't know. I don't know really because um, I don't know really. So it wasn't principle based, or was it principle? Kind of. To be honest, to be honest, was it rastafaria? <laughs> was it? I was kind to. I was uh, trying to like. Put it in that path. Yeah, like, okay. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm believing in Ayla yeah. Selassie and uh, <laughs> Selassie <laughs> I'm going to be first, like only living Aital. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, actually what when I met uh, my ex, like seven yeah. years ago, yeah. and she was a vegan by the time. Uh, so I think that she kind of influenced me. I say influenced because it's easier. Yeah. But, um, but that was like a choice that I did that kind of 
changed a lot for me. Mm. Yeah, I can so, imagine. So you think meeting her was the sliding door or being the vegetarian was the sliding door? What do you think was the the, the one thing that made change the course of how you were your life? I guess both. Because I think uh, when I met her, I think that was the time, the first time that I actually got in love, like okay. for real. That really felt like I was in love with someone and that I actually felt, uh, I can honestly say to a person that, that I loved the person mm. as a partner. So maybe meeting her. And I guess I, choose to, I chose to be a vegetarian because of her. Because I wanted so much to fit in, yeah. to be that kind of person to, that she wanted to, which in the end maybe made us go separate ways, I guess. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe because you tried really hard to yeah. be the person she in, yeah, yeah, yeah. wanted you to, to adjust, be. Yeah, yeah, to adjust to, to her, like, yeah. uh, visions. Well, what would your life be if you hadn't met her? That's a good question. Um, nobody knows, really. Who knows? But, but what impacts did it have on your life? I mean, besides trying to be the person she 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 wanted you to be. Um, I've been talking about this uh, in some form episode of this podcast because I had a friend that died. That's right. And uh, I had a, one of my closest friends. He died, and uh, that girl, uh, the vegetarian girl, the vegan girl, <laughs> she was living in uh, at the west coast in Sweden. And I was living in Stockholm. So we had like a distant relationship for almost two years. Okay. But then when he died, she moved to Stockholm. So she could. She, so I was still living at my mom's place uh -huh. back then. Um, so that changed a lot, I guess. Um, and then you had dreadlocks already? I had dreadlocks, yeah. And I had Rastafletor. You know, had, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you saw the picture, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I did, actually. That was one. <laughs> I'm surrounded uh -huh. by two dreadlock people. <laughs> and you were the only half Jamaican. I know, you were the half Jamaican. My, my brother, he still got dreadlocks, actually. Yeah. That's, you know, uh, dad hates dreadlocks. That's the worst thing. He's like... So the only you know, Jamaican when, in the when, family hates dreadlocks. My, my, I have a younger brother he, with dreadlocks, and when he came home with dreadlocks, that was like... Oh my God, he hated that. <laughs> this is the one thing I didn't want from my from my sons. <laughs> yeah, he didn't like that. All right, but but uh, Robin, uh, did that you know impact on work or did, did you choose different yeah, it did. a different it did. lifestyle I mean, altogether? Uh, like, like say say the dreadlocks, for instance. Mm -hmm. I mean, you were um, stopped by the police like all the time because oh, really? they were like searching for drugs and asking questions and you got, got kind of harassed but mm -hmm. I guess that's a part of like if you had that kind of outfit it's a yeah. part of it I guess cool. but did you experiment with drugs then? no 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 that was the that was like the ironic part that mm -hmm. the police was stopping you all the time but I mean of course I was drinking like alcohol but not even that yeah. much no. but it was only because of the dreadlocks yeah um, wow. and uh, and I know like people because uh, I was uh, I was waiting at a restaurant by the mm -hmm. time uh, when I cut them off the dreadlocks, and I could tell like the difference, um, the attitude from the guest were totally from one day to another. They started oh, to treat wow. you totally different, yeah. and just because of the hair. Wow, mm -hmm. that's another sliding door. Yeah, because yeah. if you kept the dreadlocks, you might oh. not be a different. Because it was the same person. Yeah. Was, I was the same person. Mm. So. Hmm. 
Yeah, we're pretty quick to judge, I think. Mm. Mm. So what about you, Jonathan? Me, my sliding oof. <laughs> so many things. I think one of the ones I can think of right away is uh, that cha- impacted my life a lot was uh, I'm from a, like the a ghetto part of Miami, uh, but I had very sheltering parents. Both of my parents were in the army, and they uh, made sure I went to quote unquote good schools and stuff like that yeah. to keep me away from those elements that are around and, mm. uh, where, where I'm from. And uh, when I became an adult. Or like straight out of high school, I went to the Air Force. Okay. And I joined Air Force for um, I was in Air Force for six years. Where at? Uh, I started well, my first base. Well, first you go to basic training in Texas, okay. and then I went to my first base was well first, and then I went to training school mm-hmm. to learn my trade. Uh, I was an air traffic controller, uh, so I learned that in school, and then in Mississippi, and then I went to Alaska for three years. Wow. I went to Turkey. Uh, then I went to, and I deployed from Alaska. I went to uh, Oman. Then I went to Iraq um, from Turkey. Then I went to North Carolina and did it. Finished okay. my time. But uh, I think that for, shaped my life a lot mm, going to the military. That's something that I would have, I'd be a different person. Yeah. Even the air traffic uh, thing, because I'm from Miami, I had a, an accent. I had like a, I talked in that. Uh, uh, kind of, um, it's a southern draw, but then it's kind of a mumble, and they talk fast. So, oh, really? Can, yeah. Uh, what is it? Ah, man. <laughs> it's like, like uh, if you're talking to my uncle, he'll just be like, hey, man, what's going on with you? Oh, really? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, okay. It's almost yeah. like that. And yeah. the, the people are like, what? Yeah. <laughs> my, friend, my uncle came to visit yeah. me here, and yeah. my friends are like, what? <laughs> and he came on my podcast, actually, and uh, I told him before, like, hey, man, you got to talk a little slower, yeah. you know? <laughs> and he did. He yeah. spoke a little more clearly. Um, so that people could understand them, but uh, that was one thing I had to learn. You can't talk to pilots like that. That's right. That mm. would be so, uh, no. so. They were like, nobody knows what you're saying. Mm. You have to, and you have to talk fast in the career because it's a lot of yeah. planes everywhere. Mm. So I had to learn how to like almost relearn how to talk. Okay, mm. and that's something that um, so many things shaped. Joining the Air Force shaped me in so many ways. Uh, I can't even count it. Uh, I'm a completely different person. It's, it made me uh, like uh, have a, a view of authority in a positive way. Yeah. It taught me how to be a leader. Mm-hmm. It taught me how to um, disagree with people that are above you, mm. but still carry out their yeah. their, their vision. Yeah. Uh, I got to travel more. Mm-hmm. I met my wife. I wouldn't have met her if I didn't. Um, okay. I met her in Turkey. Oh, you did. Mm-hmm. So I was. She on vacation or? Uh, she was on vacation. I was on vacation. I had yeah. just gotten back uh, from Iraq. Oh, so okay. Oh. They uh, they let me go on two weeks rest of relaxation. Oh, cool. And uh, staying at the base though, or? Well, the when you do that, you can. Um, they do trips every holiday. Oh, okay. So in Turkey, oh really? Yeah, all around Turkey. So they oh, do. That's cool. They did a trip to Alanya from. Military base. So basically, a bunch of troops. It's probably annoying for the people in the line. <laughs> Here we go again. It's crazy drunk, <laughs> drunk like soldiers. You guys don't have Budweiser, man? Right? <laughs> it's like, come on, man. <laughs> Embarrassing us all. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it was, I'm, but I'm sure it brought money into those party towns yeah. too. So they probably like yeah, that, that. But it's yeah. still, you got to take the good with the bad. Yeah. But uh, I wouldn't have met her either. You know. Mm. So I'm really. I'm really glad. I don't know what I would have been. I'm sure I would have been okay. Yeah. My parents, um, my mother uh, instilled a lot of strong values, I believe. But mm. 
it would have been a completely different path to fight a joint. Yeah. I can imagine living or working under a military organization must be very special. I, mm. I myself have a problem with authorities sometimes or lots of times. Mm. And, and, you know, the discipline and everything. I'm like, yeah. no, I'm going to tell you what to do. <laughs> you're not going to tell me what to do. And that's not really good, I guess, mm. if you're in the military. Yeah. So I thought I was a tough guy. It took too. me a long time to, yeah. to learn how to adjust. And that. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I, thought, I thought about that when I got out. And I went into the civilian world, yeah. uh, and I didn't do air traffic control. I was like, mm. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. And then I started. I went to the corporate world, yeah. and mm. uh, in the U.S., you get more like um, they consider it equivalent to a, a bachelor's degree mm. if you have military service. Mm. Like, that's a, you get the same. You can make it to an interview. You know, yeah. what I mean? you still yeah, have yeah. to pass it's, the interview and all this stuff. It's a good position too. So yeah, it's yeah. good. They respect mm. it. Uh, so. Uh, all of my my colleagues were all college graduates, yeah. but they weren't ready for life. Mm. You know what I mean? These That's are right. Yeah, like, yeah. I was twenty four. They were twenty around yeah. around that twenty three, mm-hmm. twenty four. But they were. I had been living as an mm. adult, mm. taking care of my responsibilities yeah. for the last six years. Yeah. And they were just like, just out of college. Yeah. 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 We know what college is like. Right? <laughs> so I was uh, yeah. surpassing all of my colleagues okay. because I knew how to. You know, the, because of the discipline goal. and yeah. yeah, and everything. Yeah, so it helped me so much. Even though I think I would have been okay. Uh, yeah. But was, if you, it was that a coincidence that made you to begin, even, or was it something that you wanted to do since you were a little kid? No, no, definitely not. I, I wanted as a, as a kid, I wanted to be a Disney artist. <laughs> oh. I, wanted to, yeah, I wanted to draw the Disney cartoon. Oh, okay. So, uh, and then uh, that. Moved into being an architect. I wanted to do that. Something with art, you know. I wanted yeah. to do something like that. You good at that? Yeah, I was. I was pretty yeah, cool. good. I still like drawing and doing. Nah, I guess I doodle every now and then, but nah, I stopped. I still can, but I stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, then as I got a little older, I wanted to get in theater. I did like music stuff like that. I was mm-hmm. in the arts. I was yeah. always into the arts. Yeah. And then uh, once I got close to graduating, I. I had troubles with my mom, so I moved out, mm. and I lived with my uncle, and uh, he was, uh, I thought it was going to be so fun, he's my cool uncle, and then he was really tough on me, because mm. it's like a little bit of, uh, maybe it's an American thing, it's like a little bit of stress to uh, to be an adult when you're 18, to be, yeah. you know, yeah. have your own place and all mm. that stuff, and mm. ready, start your mm. life. Yeah. And uh, he was like, you, you, you going to college? I was like, no, I'm not going to college. And he said, like, you got to do something. Yeah, that's good. And yeah. I was like, I want to be an artist. And he was like, artists don't make money until they die. What you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. no, man. <laughs> I'm, eight, I'm, I'm 18, man. <laughs> so, so I moved back to my mom. I signed up for the military and then moved to my mom just so I can yeah, okay. go and uh, start and figure it out. Yeah. And then the Air Force, they had the whole, they will pay for your college. Blah, yeah, that's blah, blah. good. That's a good part. So I was like, all right, I'll do that. I'll learn something. And my cousin was an air traffic controller, so I was yeah. like, I want to do what he does. Air traffic control, that's a pretty cool job, though. Yeah, it was cool. It's yeah. fun. It's, I get the same rush yeah. on stage. Because you can't sleep, you can't, you know, you have to pay attention all the time, right? Of course. You see plays start dropping. (laughs) Oh, Jonathan, he's in his Florida accent again. (laughs) But if you would go back in time, would you do it again? I think if I could go back in time, um, I would would start doing stand-up right away. Oh, okay. 
So not going the, the military way, rather the artistic way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would do that right away. Yeah. I would have uh, loved to learn. Even though I think my com, I wouldn't have come. Uh, I wouldn't be where I'm at. I've been doing comedy for three years. I don't think I would be um, as comfortable on stage if I would have started younger. No, I think me being older and starting mm. a few years ago made it where I got I know myself. I know what I think is funny. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to figure all of that mm. out while learning how to be mm. an, an adult. So I think it helped my comedy waiting, but I would have loved to try it right mm. away because mm. it was uh, it would have been cool. Yeah. But at the time in the military, has it helped you? Within your stand-up, you think? Uh, yeah, I think so. I got to meet so many different types of people because if I would have uh, started in Miami, I think I would have been very Miami. You know what I mean? I would have been uh, very uh, specific mm. about uh, with my viewpoint. I didn't get to travel as much, and uh, like my, my best friend, more like narrow-minded or yeah, more narrow-minded. Because my best friend when I was in the military was a white dude from Virginia. You know what I mean? I would have mm. never, mm. Got, and then I met him and his family, and you know stuff like that. I would have never gotten to meet him and get to know him. I wouldn't. I would have never uh, gotten to travel. Uh, I don't think I would have traveled as much. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have because it costs money to travel. Yeah. And uh, you know, I did. I did a Euro trip while I was in. You know, it's like stuff like that. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have known anything. So where did you go? Uh, you know, Americans, we'd go to every city for like uh, a day. <laughs> and I traveled all over here. I've been to 15 countries. Yeah. <laughs> I did that whole thing. And I started in Spain. And yeah. then, you know, I did, the way I did it was I, I started in Spain and I kind of went up through Europe. Okay. And then I made my final destination, Sweden. Oh. So I could um, try to live here back then in 06. So that's what I did. I was that before like you met your wife? I was too. I had met her. Yeah, okay. So, okay. I was, uh, so the real reason for you coming to doing the European tour was actually to yeah, meet it was, up. It was the conclusion yeah. of my military service. Yeah. Because my last thing I did was fly a military flight for one dollar mm -hmm. <laughs> over to Spain. That saved me a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, ride up, go up, make my way up to uh, to Sweden. Yeah. And then uh, stay with her, see what this Swedish girl is all about. Are you still here? No, uh, I mo we moved back. Oh, you did? Yeah, we lived in the States for six uh, years. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so the first time you came to Sweden was 06. Yeah. And okay. then I uh, moved away, and then we lived in the States. That was another thing. What if I wouldn't have left Sweden? Yeah. yeah. All these, so many sliding doors. Uh, yeah, I can yeah. My life is <laughs> full of just yeah. a bunch of sliding doors. I, I, I kind of go on a whim, like, see, what, let's, let's, let's try it. So. But, but when you moved from Sweden back to the States, where did you live in the States? Did you move back to Florida? Did no, you? no. I no. think that's another thing. If we would have moved mm -hmm. to Florida, I don't know if we would have come back here. No. But my wife got a taste of that in Miami. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She'd have been like, and my whole family, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. We lived in Jersey, and it's like... Okay, Jersey's. It wasn't my, my family wasn't no. there like that, mm -hmm. so it was like where I was only about my job. Yeah, and Jersey's got winters, and it's not that, isn't it? Yeah, it has cold. winter. It's not no. like this, like no. like here. It's not as dark as here, no. but that doesn't bother me as much as it does her. But no. um, so it was, it was, that's another sliding door Yeah, in Jersey. I got family, uh, cousins in, in Vera Beach, Florida. They love it there. Moved from Sweden. 70, back in 75. Um, mm -hmm. That's got to be quite unusual, though. 
right during the yeah, seventies, moving from Sweden to, to Florida. Yeah, that wasn't that usual. I mean, I I, I remember them moving there, and I was like, oh, Florida, they got Disney World. <laughs> no, How old were you everything. then? I was uh, ten years old, seventy-five. So I was so envious of them. Because <laughs> mm. <laughs> you were still in Java. I was still in fucking. They were sun-kissed in Florida, and I was in Javla. That was fun, though. <laughs> that was nice. Mm. What about you, Nagma? Uh, me? Uh, yeah, if I want to say what I think about sliding doors in general, uh, I love sliding doors. I have great respect for them. And uh, I have a very great respect for slump and coincidence. Mm. Uh, I think my my life is mainly shaped of them. Uh, like you grow up uh, learning that you have to do this education, you have to have these values. But I think we are mostly formed by coincidence and uh, and sliding doors. And I firmly believe that they are on my side. Like yeah. whenever something happens, even though if it's an accident, when I go back to it, I I firmly believe that it happens for the, happened for the reason because mm. I had something very important to learn from it. One of the greatest and worst sliding doors in my life, the it was the boyfriend that I told you oh, in, right, yeah. uh, in earlier episode when I was eighteen. Uh, I moved Budi um, Hope. Together. Yeah, live together with, with the boy that uh, was a very d destructive uh, relationship, mainly because um, he was very jealous and he was quite uh, aggressive okay. in, a, in a verbal uh, way. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but when I uh, look back at it, I see that I learned a lot from it. For the first, I, was, I could be verbally aggressive myself. And when I, whenever in a discussion I lost my temper and raised my voice, I felt that other people are quiet because they have a great respect for me. But when he did it, it was my only way to see what an idiot, like, why don't you use word? Is it something wrong with your vocabulary? And uh, that learned me a lot. Uh, so that is sliding. That is a sliding door. That was that I went through. It was a bad experience, but I don't want to raise it mm -hmm. from my life. How long were you together? One year. One year. Okay. Yeah, and uh, he actually dumped me because he was very fit. He did lots of sport, and by that time I was fat. <laughs> so he dumped me, and I think that's that's the other most important sliding door in my life because he did it. I didn't have any control of it. Okay. I would mm. have stayed mm. if he didn't dump yeah. me. And when I look back, I think, oh my God, thanks for that sliding door. Mm. If I see him at the street, I would say, oh, thank you. Mm. Good like, thing I ate all that yeah. food. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best thing. Yes, I ate that McDonald's. <laughs> ate that place. Every day, cake and Finally, he dumped me. <laughs> yeah. So you're actually grateful for for yes. that for him dumping you. Yeah. In hindsight. Um, yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. I was gonna say at the time it was it sad when he dumped, when he broke up. Yes, with you? I was heartbroken and mm. I was very much in love. Mm -hmm. And you know, in this when you are in an abusive relationship, your self esteem can be so low mm. that you think I was in love, 
that that's that I'm not going to discuss. I was in love, but I was very dependent on him because he had bullied me so mm-hmm. much that I felt like nobody, if he if he leave me, nobody can want me. Mm-hmm. So I was in love and very scared of being alone. Mm. So definitely, I would I would be with him if he had if he hadn't dumped me. So when he dumped me, my self-esteem was so low that I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to go clubbing. And I had a friend who came over and forced me. Mm. That's the other, uh, another sliding door. And uh, that's where I met Mochiesa. Oh. Yeah. When you went out with his friend. Yeah, when we went clubbing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So... Uh, if she didn't force me, I wouldn't have met him. So when I look at back, uh, it's loads of these yeah. stories mm-hmm. you have in your life. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy where uh, the result, if the result is where I am standing now, mm-hmm. I wouldn't change anything because I wouldn't stay here now. No. So, so you accepted it and you moved on. Not only accepted it, I feel like uh, like these coincidences are on my side, maybe because I believe it mm. like this. Yeah, I, I think unconsciously, uh, these sliding doors, there are lots of them. But which one you slide through, you make a choice, even if you're not conscious about it. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, mm. Are there any more that you think of uh, besides... Uh, Relationship uh, related. Yes, uh, in, in terms of uh, education and career, you know, all Iranian people they want to be a doctor, mm-hmm. uh, and I had the study. Is that the stereotype? Yeah, yeah, yeah. doctor uh, uh, or uh, dentist. Yeah, <laughs> you you can be an engineer, but yeah. the coolest thing is being a doctor. Mm. Like yeah, huh. it is like that. I remember. So yeah, is it I like is it the highest? Doctor to be a doctor. Highest, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, so I did study science. I had straight A in everything besides two things. That doesn't allow you to be a doctor. You have oh, to have uh, straight A in oh. everything. So you were aiming for being a doctor. Or aiming. I was programmed. Like it wasn't a choice. Uh, so... So I couldn't be, go to medicine. Then I wanted to take dentistry then. That day, I met my auntie at the street, and she was a dentist, and she wasn't happy. So oh. she took me to her uh, clinic, and she said, Nami, don't do it. It's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and she said, you know, it's lots of Iranian people who couldn't become a doctor. They became a dan- dentist, and they can't find job. Oh, okay. And, you know, Swedish patients, they wouldn't come to us. So just drop it. <laughs> do anything else. Do anything else. Look at these letters. They all... How, don't want me. They want. They rather go to a Swedish dentist. Mm. And she was oh, right. Oh, really? But that time, it was so many Iranian people that were dentists that didn't have a job mm. and moved to England. And she moved to England, and she became so rich. Really? So every time we talked to each other, she said, "Please, thank me, forgive me, forgive." Me. <laughs> 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 you're thankful for her steering you yeah. away from it. Yes, yes, because after that, um, many nightmares happens. One of those was that I went to uh, become a 
computer science engineer, mm -hmm. and that was a bad choice because uh, it uh, I I wasn't good at programming, and it wasn't anything that would suit my personality. But again, it did lead to other choices oh. that. Mm made me the one I am today. Mm. Uh, but as you say, if I would go back, I would be more proud over the talent that I had naturally. Mm. And it was yeah. it was art. It was uh, being an artist, um, a comedy. So yeah, I mm. would I would do that more firmly. Mm. Well, interesting. And your sliding doors, Alphonse? <laughs> I have several sliding doors, I guess. But I, I think one of the, the most significant one is uh, when when uh, my former wife came home, or wife-to-be at that time, and told me, you know, Alphonse, you're going to be a dad. And I was not prepared at all. I was like, I'm never going to have kids. I'm just going to... I was playing a lot out uh, mu uh, music, uh, playing the keyboards and guitar and... Uh, I was thinking about a career uh, as a musician or something. And, and when she came home and she was like, we're, we're going to have a baby. I was 25 years old. Mm. I was like, what? And I was thinking, no, no, we can't have a baby. I can't be a dad. I'm too young. You know, I'm not responsible at all. I want to do this uh, musician thing. Yeah, I don't want yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to travel, travel Sweden and do things. I, I don't want to be a dad. It's too early. But, you know, she was really saying, no, we're going to have this baby. So whether, whether you like it or not, we're going to have it. So I was like, okay, then we're going to do this for real. So... Uh, that changed my life completely, mm. completely. I, I, that's when I applied for school, actually. And, uh, and I didn't get into the teaching, <laughs> the, the, the teaching school, but, but the engineering. So uh, that, that completely changed my life, actually. So, uh, and, you know, since I was a computer engineer and I started coming into, the, I had my first job and I, I did a pretty good advancement and it ended up with business and management a lot for me. And uh, the, the, that was fun for me because I, you know, I got to prove myself. I thought, thought I was, you know, pretty good on what I was doing, but I was never home. So mm -hmm. I worked a lot. I worked so much and uh, I didn't spend the time with my family that I, that I should have. So that, that's, mm -hmm. uh, that's a big regret actually mm -hmm. thinking about it now. Uh, so I was always working, you know, getting, getting up early, going to work, traveling to Stockholm, living in Jävle. Uh, working to late nights, coming home, and uh, my former wife, she did everything, you know, all the groundwork and everything. She was a teacher, mm. <laughs> so she had time to do that. So, uh, you know, she, we had we divided that. So she was home doing everything, and I was working really hard. But still, you know, uh, I really missed missed out on the kids mm. a bit. What's your relationship with them now? It's really good, actually. I had, I, I, I have a really good relationship with the, with my kids, but I should have spent more time with them when they were younger. Yeah. I really miss that part. You know, the the nice part when they're you know, little kids. But what your do you wife think? was sorry. Yeah, she your was, wife was at home, and she yeah, she, she wasn't at home. She was working, but you know, living in Yavla, I had raised the kids. Uh, well, we, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't away all the time. <laughs> I said, I said hello to them occasionally. <laughs> hello, son. Hello, son. <laughs> What's your real name? <laughs> You're not named son, are you? <laughs> 
Oh. Anyway, you can tell me tomorrow. I don't have time now. He's <laughs> <laughs> gonna go to work. Still call him Salman. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I spent week. I, I was home at Saturdays and Sundays, but you know, the, the, the everyday time and and mm. spending more time every day. That's the part I miss. Mm-hmm. Missed out on for for uh, maybe ten years or something. So that's a long time. But I, I really regret that. What if what if you wouldn't have been working in Stockholm and like providing the family with money and spending more time at home with the kids? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think. What, what do you think? What do you think? Like, would have been the difference? I, I don't know. I, I'm. Because I guess that the money that you earned yeah. working in Stockholm provided the family yeah, more more than your former well, wife's like yeah we we, we had a nice house and we had a summer house and and we got to travel a lot and so on but I I think that that is not that important we could you know if you have a nice house or if you live in an apartment or whatever. It's the time you spend with the family that is really valuable, and and. Uh, but you did it for the family. You did it for. Ah uh, like well, n- not really. Actually, I think I'm, I'm kind of a racehorse myself. So I, I, I okay. I'm having a hard time just doing, you know, d- d- stuff. If I just if I don't put my soul into it and I do it with with all my, all do do the best I can, mm. I don't uh, enjoy working. So so. I get energy from working a lot and and being creative and you know trying to come up with new ideas and and such. So that I think that drives the time all the time. So I spend a lot of time at work because I, I love what I'm doing. Mm. So I think that's a trap actually in mm. some kind of way. So if you would so, go back yeah. and spend more time with your children, yeah. uh, do you think that would that would change a lot it for would. you or for them? Uh, I I don't know. It, it would probably change uh, for both, both my uh, Saga and Hampus, and for me. I guess I would be maybe a bit more calmer, 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 calmer than I am today, and and probably. Uh, I mean, they, they. I don't know. It's hard to to say what what in what way that would it would impact them, but I guess it would be different. Mm. But well, I, I think I, that, that what you're describing is something that, at least nowadays, most of us think about. Mm. Uh, at least in countries like Sweden, that you have uh, quite high uh, level standards compared to other countries, and in order to getting that, you work a lot and spend le- yeah. less time with people you love, not only your kids, parents, cousins, everyone. Mm. And yeah, I think maybe I would regret that as well. But Jonathan, you have a son, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when was it uh, when you were staying in in New Jersey or living no, in Sweden? No, no, our son was born here. We moved here in 2013. Yeah, my son was born in 2014. So we basically came here to have him. You know? mm. <laughs> so we, we so that was a choice that you made, like moving to Sweden. We were like, we'll have when we. It's better to have a raise a family in Sweden. Yeah. We were kind of subconsciously, but we were putting it off until, you know, because I was in the, like he was talking about the race, I was in the horse race big time uh, in the States. And then uh, we came here and it was like, all right, we can, we can everything, the, the system is set up for you to be able to not, you don't have to have so much money 
and you can still have a good life in yeah. Sweden. Like this, the average is good here. Like it's a good life for most people. You don't have to kill yourself. Right, you don't have to kill yourself. Mm-hmm. You can, but you don't have mm-hmm. to. If you want a summer house and a, and a nice house in Yavle, I mean, mm-hmm. you gotta. <laughs> then, then you have to kill yourself. <laughs> then you gotta kill yourself. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, my, my son was born here and my daughter is a one, one now. Okay. So I have two small kids and uh, I really appreciate the paternity leave. Yeah. You don't have that in the States. So I got to... I feel like uh, the bond moving here, that's what a sliding door for me, moving here and then being able to develop that bond with my daughter that I have now. She's a year and a half almost. And uh, it's insane. She's a, it's almost cliche daddy's girl. You know what I mean? Like uh, that they say, oh, you're going to have a daughter and she's going to be a daddy's girl and all that stuff. And no, I really had it. You know, it really happened. after, yeah. And I think it's the paternity leave because I was the one to help her go through the transition to daycare. Mm. So, and I'm the one who picks her up now. So she's just all about me. And I don't th- I don't think that happens if we didn't move here. Because no. mm. it'll be, you know, a lot more daycare and a lot less interaction with the kids. Mm. So what were you doing in New York City? Like, uh, My job? Yeah. Uh, I was working in logistics. Okay. I was, uh, like in the transportation industry. I was working for FedEx, doing uh, logistics management. Yeah. Cool. So it was like, uh, but 
around Christmas time, you know. Yeah. We're like, see you later, honey. Uh, you should go to Sweden because I'll see, I'll see you uh, in January. You know what I mean? It's like that. I tell her that after Thanksgiving. See you in January. Yeah. I was working 16, 17 hour days mm-hmm. sometimes. So, and it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, I had a good time, but that's another one. That's the hard part when you like it. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. You, because you work a lot and you put in the hours and you think it's great to go to work. You have fun. You, it, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's developing and everything. And you're making money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So everything is fine and so dandy, but, but you're missing out. And mm-hmm. it's hard to see, actually. It's yeah. really I, hard yeah, to spot. I, I, I feel that I have that feeling. I mm-hmm. have never had it for any job. Mm. Uh, but I have it for my passions, like uh, mm. my hobbies, and it's the same that I feel like, oh my god, I cannot, I can't stop it. Yeah. Like you feel that you miss out. Mm. If I wanted to start to paint, I can paint in so many hours that I don't. I'm then I'm not as good as my uh, social life. I, I I wouldn't focus at that as much. And yeah, I feel that as well. That it's it's hard to stop something that you like yeah. but I think one, one of my uh, a sliding note for me was in 2009 because that was the first time I went to Malaysia to meet my relatives on my father's side and because the whole family the whole family from my father's side was like a mis- mystery for me because mm. I didn't know anything about them I've spoken to my to my grandmother once in the, in, in the cell phone and I met my my aunt uh, like two times, she she had uh, she had been to Sweden when I was ten, uh, and my dad didn't tell me that much about them either because he didn't know them. When we went, we went. It was me and my father. We went to Malaysia in two thousand nine. He hadn't been there in fifteen years, okay. so his relation to the family was quite sore as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, it changed my whole view of myself and my identity and and the world. It was like before before I was there. I was kind of feeling like I was half. Like my oh. identity wasn't, I wasn't fulfilled as a person. Yeah, okay. Because mm. uh, I had so many questions that been running around like my body and my mind since I was a small child. Mm. Mm. So I guess that's maybe the most important flight indoor for me. Um, especially during that time, I still had like dreadlocks and was okay. a vegetarian. And for them, that was. My looks were kind of extreme for it. They had never seen a person. When we came to, it's not, it's not like a small village, but it's a small part of, it's out, outside of, of the capital, like Kuala Lumpur. They had never seen a person with like red dots because <laughs> people down there don't have that kind of hairstyle. Yeah. It was like, you could see like the neighbors. It was like, oh, who's this, who's this? <laughs> Especially like being vegetarian, because for them, like, why are you vegetarian? Mm-hmm. Why, why are you recent? They were asking so many questions. Yeah. We had um, one uh, Uncle Kit was the name. He was like he was comparing me to like the monks because the only mm. person that they knew was like Chinese monks. Mm. Oh, so it was something religious. Like, yeah, you like, just uh, don't do it for. Whatever, like oh yeah, you're a good person because you care about mm. other people and, and animals and stuff. Mm. <laughs> you're like no, I don't. No. I care about music. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I want to yeah. smoke weed. And I care about Celestia the yeah. first. <laughs> I care about cable <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Turbulence, but, but it was interesting because uh, <laughs> at that point uh, uh, we took a trip to to an island nearby that is called Penang, and it was the first time me and my dad actually spent several days in a row. I never spent a long time with my dad ever in my whole life, so that was a real breaking point. Mm-hmm. It was the first time 
was the first time ever that I told him that I loved him. Oh. And he was almost, it was like, he was amazed by seeing me and hearing me saying that I actually loved him. Wow. Uh, so, I think that's one of my most important slime doors, I guess. Mm. Yeah, that's the defining. Since, since you were like talking about yeah, parentship yeah, and stuff, yeah. it just came yeah. to my mind, yeah. yeah. Wait, is that something that you wish you had done like when you were younger? Like earlier, I think I, I, I wasn't I wasn't um, at that stage in my life. I needed I needed all. Yeah. Mm. Need dreadlocks to. to <laughs> <laughs> I needed my dreadlocks to say that I love my father. Dreadlocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had. I had when I was uh, sixteen, seventeen. My best friend, she came from uh, Ethiopia. So, and I have this tendency becoming obsessed by ev- anything, everything. So when I was friends with her, I was very much into um, Eritrean, uh, Ethiopian food, music, oh, okay. and everything. And I still cook Eritrean mm. food. Oh, oh, oh really? Yeah. Wow. Cool. But those pancakes they have, you can't, you don't, I can't. In here, yeah, they are. Then, yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. That's thin, th- and a bit soft, spongy. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. We had them actually yesterday, but uh, I don't, I don't cook them. I just buy them. Mm. Oh, okay, yeah. it's really smart. Yeah, yeah but when you uh, do, you have do you had any um, sliding doors that were traumatic in a sort that they you you wish that they didn't happen. That like coincidence. I don't want to talk about. Yeah, or okay, okay, maybe maybe not traumatic, but like sad sliding. So yeah, I mean, there's uh, of course there's um sad stuff that you that you. Uh, I I have one that didn't happen, and I wonder what would happen if it did. Mm-hmm. And that's uh very recently. Um, we talked about on my podcast. I have a, a rocky r- relationship with my father. And some terrible things happened growing up that I won't get into now. But um, uh, I, my son started, I guess they're talking about families in school. And I, he's intrigued. He's starting to realize um, differences in people. And I'm a black man. His mother is a white woman. So he's asking me. I'm, I'm brown and this and that. And uh, I could see he's trying to connect with this uh, brown side. Mm. Uh, so he asked me about his far far. He never he sees his mom's mm. family all the time. He's asking me about my and I don't have a relationship with my dad. Mm. I had purposely ended the relationship with my father mm. on uh, bad terms as well. And uh, so I was just like, yeah, yeah, you know, my dad's uh, he's yeah, my dad is not. I don't really talk to my dad. Mm. And he's just and he started lying to people about his father, his grandfather. Uh-huh. He's like. My far far is uh, he got me this and he's playing with a toy. I'm like, this is I got for my far far. I'm just sitting there, just heartbroken, you know. Yeah. Uh, so then he asked me if he, when is he gonna meet him? And he's like, oh, kind of sad about it. I want to meet my far far. And then I was like, we're gonna go to Florida in March. We're gonna go to Florida, and you're gonna meet your far far. And he's so excited. My dad, I talked to my dad. We had a two hour conversation. I was just like, man, and I and then on my pockets I said that I wanted to confront my dad about some things in our past, and uh, I, I told my brother, and this was a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. I was gonna get this out the way so that we could start from scratch. I didn't want to pretend with my father anymore. That's what we had done. Pretended that he's this great guy that he pretends he is, and we never called him out on it. And now I was gonna call my dad out, and then we start over from mm-hmm. scratch. Yeah, this was the plan. 
So then we went. He lived in Tampa. That's a three-hour, three-and-a-half-hour drive from Miami. So I was like, we'll make a detour and go to Tampa, leave Miami, get a hotel, all of this stuff. So we did it. My son keeps asking the whole trip. He didn't give a fuck about the rest of my family. He's like, where is Far Far? You know? So we we make the trip. We go see my mom in, my, in Maryland. My mother lives in Maryland. And we flew down, and we stopped in Tampa, and then we would drive down to Miami. That was the plan. So we flew down to Tampa, and then I get in town, meet my military homie. We're staying at his house. He lives in Tampa. Called my dad, or I tried to call my dad. No answer from my, my buddy's phone. Leave a message. I'm like, yo, when are we going to hang out? Get, the next morning, my, my buddy's like, hey, man, I got a text message from your dad. He said he's going to South Carolina for a surprise party. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So was that a joke? Was it true? It's true. So I was like, "What?" You know. And then my son's like, "You know, what's something with my father?" So I'm getting sad. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, that was tough. Yeah. So I wonder what would have happened if. Yeah. You know, he didn't didn't do that. Yeah. You, he never got, got to meet. Oh, you, uh, he, you never we, met up. Or? He met. Uh, sorry, guys. No, but was that true? Did, right. did he made that up? Just I, to I'm avoid sure seeing. he made up that. I'm uh, sure he made that up. My dad's uh, 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 a terrible uh, person, uh, <laughs> but I'm sure he made the whole thing up about the surprise party. It's just yeah. a weird way to say it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, like I'm gonna say, oh shit, he's going to surprise party. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it would be better of him to tell the truth or tell you that yeah. I'm scared yeah. of, of meeting mm, you yeah. because I'm ashamed for some reason. But then you have to like, show vulnerability, and that's yeah. the honest thing in there. But, yeah. so. but still, it's, I, I, I love the fact that in spite of all, you went all the way, you, you tried to hook up with yeah. him, yeah. You, you did everything yeah. to, to really, you know, yeah. call him out or whatever, to, to get this relationship to work. Yeah. That, that's, that, that is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a really yeah, that's really thing. honorable. Of and you, I'm thinking like, of your son anyway. You, yeah. You're taking him, bringing him to, to Tampa, all the, mm. you know, yeah. doing all the right things. I think that's yeah. really, really, really important. I had a similar yes. yeah. experience. Uh, my, I don't like my husband's brother, and uh, I didn't want my twins to meet him. Uh, and they just kept nagging about it. Yeah, we want to, we want to see uncle. We want to see uncle. I didn't want them to see him, mm. and they nagged so much that I asked my sister. You know, mm. she's a psychologist, and uh, she said that they have to meet them mm. because uh, it, the damage. Of seeing a person who is not good is less than going and just thinking about it right. all the time. So yeah, I did agree them for them to see him uh, last year, and then they met him. And after they said, we don't want to meet him anymore. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking that's what's going to happen, yeah. and yeah. I, I, yeah. I want to get it out of yeah. the way. I want yeah. my yeah. son yeah. to meet uh, my dad and realize. But oh, this is why this mm-hmm. is why dad is. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to be in the way of it. No, no, no. I don't want him to mystify him and turn him into no, a hero no. like I did for myself all those yeah, years. Yeah. I thought yeah. my dad was awesome. Uh, so, but well, you recently, are glad you did it. Yeah, you did. Right I'm glad thing. I did that. I just the this, this is a backward sliding door. Like I wonder what would happen yeah. if we would have met him. Like, yeah, yeah, Or maybe even. I could have gotten off my chest what I wanted, mm. and me and my dad would have received it. 
mm-hmm. and then we could have started over. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. And, mm-hmm. But I and then I had said afterwards, I'm done with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then my son kept asking. So mm-hmm. okay. even okay. after, yeah, he still. Yeah. Oh. And I was like, I kept saying, everybody's not like your dad, no. you know. And then uh, I called him like uh, two weeks ago, something like that, and they talked, but I didn't even talk to him. Mm-hmm. I just. Mm. And he was all charming, like it. My dad was real charming. He was charming to him. And my son loved it. So, yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully, uh, but could they Skype? No, nah, my dad's uh, don't like to do this. He thing. doesn't know how. He can't no. figure it out. But he won't say it, so he'll just be like, "No, I don't want to do that." Mm. He just can't figure it out. <laughs> mm. Mm. Uh, he's uh, all pride. Yeah. So mm. we'll we'll uh, we'll see what happens with that. But mm. I just I know it's uh, letting my son. Get disappointed one day, but yeah. it builds character. So. Yeah, yeah, it's better to do it that way than have it, you know, the the way that, you know, you don't tell the truth. This is the truth. It's mm-hmm. so much yeah. better. It's always yeah, exactly. better. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. and even knowing the truth of what your grandfather is better than just going around and guessing. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. But like, like, <clears throat> when you moved to, you, you came to Sweden first. Yeah. And then you moved to England, right? I you moved to loads of places, but yeah. you know, I came when I was thirteen. I came to Sweden, and then when uh, I had the twins, we moved to Norway. Oh, you've been living yeah, in Norway. First, we we moved to Iran. Oh. I left. I did live there on my uh, maternity leave. Mm. I lived in Iran for one year. Oh. Wow. Uh, and I think the reason was that uh, when I had the twins, it wasn't as romantic that. I had it in my mind, like it was, I I thought, I had a picture that everything, when you are pregnant and you have kids, everything going to be amazing mm. and beautiful, uh, but right when I had them, Mosheza started to research, so when he came home, he studied a lot, okay. uh, so for me, it was a period, the first year, it was like I was lonely, and uh, I couldn't do anything, it was like I... It, it, it wasn't a good feeling. It, it was quite traumatic, I have mm. to say. Uh, so I was desperate. I didn't know what to do. And I didn't... Uh, my maternity leave was one and a half year because they were twins. Then I decided, let's live in Iran for one year and see what happens there. And uh, there, uh, my family that I had in Iran, uh, my stepsisters, they did work, but, but they were not as busy as my family were here. Okay. Because here, everybody was studying, everybody was working. So I I received loads of help of them. So it was a very good decision. Mm. To, but when I came back, then we, we lived one year in Norway. Okay. And then after that, we went to, to England. Yeah. The way I've been working, I changed, I changed my way when I moved down here for five years ago. I, I worked a lot the first year, and then all of a sudden I, I felt like you know, there's no joy in my life, no real joy, except I had a, a lovely wife and, and kids and everything, but I, I didn't have any fun. I wasn't mm. playing anymore. So that was the, the I was started thinking, what, what should I do to, to get some more energy in my life? Do something, you know, do things differently. That, mm. That's when I started, and I started with, with, uh, um, <laughs> Uh, improv, yeah. <laughs> improv, improv theater. But did you so, stop playing music when you became a father, like in uh, the age of? Uh, yeah, I did. At that time, I stopped playing because I was. I mean, when I got Hampus, my first mm. kid, I went to school. So I studied at the same time. We had kids, and we had two kids, 
And uh, also my wife started studying, so we didn't have any money and I didn't have the energy. So, we, you know, parents with two kids and uh, full-time studies, yeah. that There's was... There's no time to play yeah, music. Yeah, there was no time to play music. But I started playing again when I was like 10 years after that. Mm. So I started picking up keyboarding and, and uh, actually I was out playing when Saga was... Uh, born she was only three months I, I went on a summer tour actually but, but after that I didn't play anything but I picked it up 10 years later and and now I'm playing more but you decide the, the thing I was thinking about was when you're only working and you're going home coming home uh, sitting down watching a movie and and the life is more like every day is like the other day mm. nothing new happens mm. you, you you don't get to meet new persons you you just work and you come home and and in a way you you stop there's no development you you get you get you get no input mm -hmm. that was really suffocating me for a while so how did when you started with impro how did I, that like change well I, i'm really shy actually I, I have a shy i mean i have a shy oh side i used to be shy <laughs> but i i hate doing things i i'm not in control of that i really hate that i want to plan everything and you know, I can work really hard, plan it, and then perform, uh, but not on stage. Mm -hmm. So I hated that part. So I was, I was that, that was more to challenge myself. I need to do something that gets me out, way out of my comfort zone, and that was impro. So I started taking a course at Priestess with Eric and me, and that was so, you know, I was so terrified doing it. Mm -hmm. The first, you know, couple of, couple of classes they had. Uh, because you you have to do so many ridiculous mm. things and warm up exercises. Act like a dog. Act yeah, like a dog. and and you know, uh, egg egg egg, and it's so many really stupid games. And I was too you know business and everything, so I needed that. So it took me like you know six months just to to relax and and not, well not take myself so seriously. So that, that would that have happened if you if you haven't. Uh, oh. I, I went to improv. Yeah, I don't know. Courses. That would probably be a disaster. I don't know what would happen because I was I, I wasn't having a good time. I, I was I was a bit depressed, I guess. Mm. You know, coming home and feeling that oh well, this is this is nice, but it's not invigorating. It's not. Uh, I'm not getting any energy of it, and I was really not enjoying life. But the home life or the work life. Uh, well, I was missing something, you know, I, I didn't get any any energy. Work was fine, I had fun, I had uh, lots of interesting uh, activities and, and such, but coming home was not enough, you know. You didn't feel fulfilled. That's or, right, or yeah, yeah. I was missing something. Yeah. Because you are creative. I am energetic and, mm. and yeah, creative. So, so I, I, I guess I needed... To express myself yeah. in a way. Yeah. 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 But Jonathan, what, what drove you to start with like stand up? Yeah, I was that wondering. That must have been like that a was breaking, breaking. I was wondering. <laughs> that. Yeah. Uh, I had um, I had a, we, when we started our podcast, um, we had uh, Ahmed Berhan as a guest, and um, because he was he was friends with uh, or he was acquaintances with one of the guys from the podcast because he used to do Thai boxing. My, my co-host was a boxer, so they were just talking to him, and they were fascinated and wanted to hear about his process of stand-up. And they saw me like looking like, wow! I was just like intrigued because I've always been into stand-up yeah. since I was a kid. I just always thought that it was a uh, a thing that I wasn't worthy of doing because, mm. like, uh, seeing these people do it, and then 
I don't know. It was just like that's a. Th- and then my mom always said, uh, "It's too many comedians out of a job for you to be trying to be funny." Mm-hmm. I said that all the time as a kid. So I was like, "Oh, it's a loser. It's a loser field." And then, or you can be really great at it. Like it was just like that. Uh, so, but then I heard him talking about it, and it was like some a comedian sitting there talking about the process, and it was interesting. And then they were just like, "Look at John, man. He's so into this." And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. This is very, and then Ahmed was like, uh, and they said he thinks he's funny or whatever. And then Ahmed was like, uh, do you want to do it? And I was like, I mean, I, like, yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and then uh, he was like, just do it. And he said, there's an English night at Big Ben on Thursdays. And I was like, really? There's English comedy here? He was like, yeah, man, go to Big Ben. And then he gave me Thomas's information. And he said, if you're really interested, he's like, I can get you on. For your first time, see if you like it, and I did it, and now I'm hosting Big Ben. So. I know, <laughs> yeah, so that's a, but I was surprised was hearing you only been uh, doing stand up yeah. for three years. Yeah. I, I would have yeah. guessed ten years. Yeah, years yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah you're such a, yeah, yeah, but you're really yeah. natural on stage. Yeah. So, Thanks. and that I mean, often it takes a very long time before ten you get years, yeah. yeah comfortable like I you are. I yeah, think it's because uh, damn you. <laughs> <laughs> I really think it's because I started later, and I don't know. Yeah. But that it's was a big sliding door. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was so right because most people think I did stand up and then started the podcast. Yeah, yeah that's what but I thought. No, nah, it was the other way around. We were just having fun doing yeah. the pod and then had a comedian on. That was cool. Totally random, yeah. and yeah, and now I'm so glad that. I found out about Big Ben and yeah. I could do English here. That was something I had. I had toyed with the thought of doing it at some point because growing up, people were always like, "Oh, you should be. You trying to be funny all the time. You should try to stand up." And I was like, "No, no, no." <laughs> and then once I finally did it, man, it's on YouTube. My first one. Really? It's a good. What's it good? I thought I was the best person in the world. Yeah. <laughs> you, see, you see me as a... Yeah. I, uh, people should go and watch it yeah. and then uh, realize yeah. that I'm a hundred times better. But uh, when I was walking off stage, you see me do a fist bump. Yeah. Like, yeah. Fist bump like, yeah. Jordan, like, I nailed it! I was born to do this! And I was like, what the fuck? But the, the whole time, my, my voice is shaking, yeah. my mouth is dry, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what to do with my hands and my yeah. face. I don't know, yeah. I just... Uh, uh, I was. It's hard to watch now, but I'm glad it's out there. I'm yeah, glad it's out. Yeah. It makes me. It keeps me humble too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, but for how long from uh, from the day that you started until you made? Because uh, you went on touring with uh, GMA, Catherine, yeah. and uh, Ryan Russell, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was two years then. Two years. Right. That was last fall. Yeah. What was that? It's that's called be the Americans or the team. It was called Team, team America, America, right? Yeah. All right. America. That's gonna be a quite big step though from like. Oh, yeah. You're starting out and then choose to tour around. In the night. With Yemi. 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 I thought you said Yemi Cash. You're Ryan, I know. Oh. But I thought I missed out. The, uh, the first night I ever did it, when I got to Big Ben, first of all, Yemi was the host yeah. at, at Big Ben. And I had looked at the list and I saw Stella Sika. Mm. And I thought, I'm on. <laughs> so I had 13 people come up there yeah, to come watch. Yeah. And uh, Yemi was like, dude, you're not on the list. And I was like, come on, man. I am on the list. It said, look. And he's like, did you get an email? I said, an email. <laughs> I was like, I don't have an email, but I do have 13 people here that yeah. are here to see me. Yeah. And I, what do I tell them? I, I'm 
in the in the line. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "All right, man, you can do five minutes. Can you do five minutes?" And I was like, "It's my first time. Yeah, yeah, whatever you need. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm prepared. Five minutes." Yeah. And uh, they were, I was kind of in the way because they had the the test show for Team America. All right. So yeah, <laughs> all of those people, Ryan, yeah, me, uh, uh, David, we were all of them, yeah. uh, and Kevin Lee was on it too. Uh, were all like doing their show, uh, like trying it out at Big Ben that night. So I was just like, oh wow, this is all American guy. I was like, one day, one day I want to be able to be on this Team America thing. And since they have it, it was like a new world to me yeah. that there's English comedy in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what happened? Did you get on the Team America? For- no, that was just uh, Kevin Lee, Lee had yeah. uh, Eurovision or something like that, oh, okay. and uh, he couldn't go. And then I, I hopped on mm. and did a show, cool. and it worked out. I did a show in Lund, and then they were, when they were talking about the tour, they're like, "John, yeah. you're, you're on Team America now." Oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Plus, I can host, and if they we can alternate hosting, I was another yeah. person that can host yeah. the show. Mm. So it was, it was good to. It's good to be flexible like that. I'm glad yeah. I'm able to host. Yeah. But to me, hosting comes more natural than stand-up. Oh, really? Okay. Set. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I don't know, you don't have to be funny when you host. No, maybe I should try hosting. <laughs> you mean, you mean M- M- is that MC? Yeah, MC. Yeah. Oh, that would suit you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I often think yeah. about that. Yeah. I should try it. I should yeah. try. But, but yeah. what, what I want to do first is uh, do a stand-up in English. That <laughs> that would freak me out. So. I, Maybe I should do, try to do that before Christmas, right? So why you you could do MC in any in Swedish or but does it yeah. have to be? Yeah, but Swedish is easier. Oh yeah. yeah. So what, what are you aiming? Uh, what uh, you're aiming for right now is like right? you're aiming for the next sliding door. <laughs> Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, my next sliding door is what yeah. happened. Yeah. Well, I was doing my first English gig at Big Ben, and know what happened? <laughs> Somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Somebody me. <laughs> and I went off, <laughs> and I never did stand up again. That's <laughs> why I didn't do I mean, there's a reason why, there's a reason why I tried <laughs> slamming doors. <laughs> Yeah, you no. can't you can't no. plan your sliding doors, no. but you can't plan your <laughs> slamming, doors. slamming doors. No, this is not the episode of sliding doors; it's slamming doors. But I was surprised because uh, I recently went to to Spain to Barcelona, mm-hmm. and um, I went to like an open mic uh, stand up uh, show there, and there was uh, almost everyone that was performing were American, except for one guy that was from from the UK, mm-hmm. and then it was me. And one Spanish guy, one Spanish guy, but the whole audience was only tourists. So that was when I tried stand up in English for That's the first right. time. But uh, you've done it a, a couple of times, I, right? I, uh, I did it twice in yeah. Barcelona. Mm. Uh, you've done it here, right? No, 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 no not, in Sweden. Sweden. not in Sweden. No. I guess I was host when you were there. Yeah. Mm. Swedish, okay. Um, but it was like, I tried it out. If I bomb, I mean, nobody's going to know about it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows it. me. <laughs> That's a good way to do it, man. Yeah, I never thought about that like this. That it can be, I thought like it's scary to do uh, like stand up in another country. But if you look at it like nobody knows you, so who cares? That could be freedom, like thinking like that. But uh, because it felt like uh, was when I did stand up the first time, when I was trying out in, in Barcelona. Mm. For because I was so fucking nervous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I liked I liked the feeling. I liked the way of being that nervous again, and maybe to just totally fail. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Did you had to do? Okay, I guess. Much better than I than I actually thought. How were the How was the expat 
comedy scene there? I mean, how were the comics that performed? They were. Uh, what was the level? I mean, you could say you could tell like they have had um, their style was co- quite um, alike each other. Like there were a lot of this inspired by by this uh, like uh, Netflix special kind of mm-hmm. way, like storytelling style. Nobody did like set a punchline. Ah, uh, oh. uh, so they tell like memories in five minutes. Kind of like most of them like like went up and was telling stories. Like uh, Jim Carr or more well, like Louis C.K. Brother, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I guess. One. Yeah. Okay. Um, Showing their dicks. <laughs> 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 but they had this one. They had one uh, something that I had never seen in in Sweden. Though is, yeah. uh, they had this guy from uh, from LA that he he had been living in in Barcelona for 13 years, I think. Mm. Uh, he used to he was a drag queen as well. Oh, and did that. So he he was go up on stage with like makeup and stuff, and 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 he did really well. But he was he had been doing stand up for for so many years. Mm. So that was a big difference. From what I've seen in, in in Sweden and and in in uh, was more like yeah a performance kind of thing, mm. but he's a real good comic though. But, uh, but I'm thinking it's really hard to be funny if it's not your native language. Yes, I remember moving to when I lived in Salt Lake City. Uh, the, the the thing I missed the first six months was the the, the you know the ability to be funny. It was so mm. much harder to the banter. Yeah. yeah. Mm, yeah, uh, it depends. Like I, I do speak two la- three languages. Yeah. Then, uh, when I lived in England, I, I, I think I talked about this uh, in another program. I felt like every day, every day talking with mm. English people, mm. uh, that I could, I could joke with them more. I was like, I was like more natural, um, and. I heard later that maybe because we look at so many English-speaking films that you do understand the humor better. Mm. Like, I'm not that funny in any other language. I mean, just everyday talking. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not that funny in Farsi or Swedish. But when I am with my English friends, I'm funnier. And I do understand their, uh, do you say humor? What do you say? Humor. I do understand the humor better. Hmm. I'm at, at work. I speak Swedish, mm. and I just feel like I stumble through whatever joke I try to make. It's, just like, <laughs> 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 it's, like, it's not. It's, it's not. And then uh, I almost see like, uh, but people can tell. Uh, I feel like people can tell I'm funny. But then they like think it. They can't get past the fact that it's cute that I'm speaking Swedish, no, even though this is our no. work language. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's just such a. It's gonna. It would be a problem if I tried to speak Swedish, or like perform in Swedish, because they're just laughing at the wrong stuff. And mm-hmm. I want you to hear the joke, and they're just hearing me say you know, yeah. a, a word in an American accent. Yeah, mm-hmm. the funny accent is not. The, the it's thing not you the joke. Yeah, I'm not a Swedish guy yeah. doing yeah. an American accent. Yeah. I'm an American guy speaking Swedish. Yeah. Yeah. But in other hand, yeah. uh, I have heard people who have very. This is more common in other countries. Like it's more acceptable that you talk, for example, English with very very heavy uh, breathing, mm-hmm. uh, and people are used to it. Uh, maybe in Sweden, the more we do it, the more people would get used to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like 
I thought like if if I I thought that my Swedish was not good enough. Like for two years ago, I thought that if somebody would tell me go and do some stand up comedy, I would say no because you know I have breathing mm. and it's uh, this it would disturb the po- uh, yeah. Public. That's a big sliding door for for you. Yeah, I mean, but you know you, you told the story before that that you you were uh, unsure that you could actually do. Yeah, yeah, Swedish. because I thought you need to speak perfect Swedish. Yeah. But then I I just happened to go and see Zina at Pisa there, mm-hmm. and she she have uh, breathing, mm, okay. and then I felt like oh I don't think about it. I think she's funny and mm. she has breathing. Mm. So the more people with breathing do it, the more. Mm. Normal, it mm. would be. I think. Uh, I don't know any English speakers that perform in Swedish. Um, okay, maybe maybe they should. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you're yeah, right. That's a good point. Uh, good point. Know, yeah. Maybe yeah. you should. Yeah, and then okay, I don't get stuff. actually. I don't get disturbed by an accent. Mm. I don't. Not at all, actually. No, I mean, yeah, it could yeah. add. An English accent. I mean, not in a bad way, but in a good way. I, I yes. think I could. Uh, Yeah, I could do my same material too. Yeah. I won't have to change the material; just oh. translate the material. But so much of uh, what I do on stage is impromptu, like it's in the moment. Yeah, if somebody says something, mm-hmm. I can. Yeah. But yeah. doing that part, yeah. I would lose that yeah. part. Yeah. And yeah. I, to me, that's a big part yeah. of my stage presence: yeah. is yeah. Uh, messing with the crowd mm. and yeah. reacting mm. to stuff. And mm. then if I think of something real quick, mm. I could just pop it out. Yeah, but I couldn't do that. And so I would have to stick to a script, and mm. I would kill it. I would like. Uh, Yeah, neuter me a little mm. bit, like uh, dilute my mm. act. Mm. I was yeah, thinking about that a few days ago. Like, I thought if I would do a public snack mm. in Farsi, I think I would be much more confident. Mm. Mm. Oh, okay, I can like, imagine. Yeah, yeah, and it was like if if it was Iranian people. Okay, that part I think I would be stronger in Farsi. Mm. Are there any uh, stand-up comedians yeah. uh, doing? Uh, Stand up in, in Farsi in Sweden. And, and uh, there, there there are two in America. They do in English, but they they sometimes they do in Farsi for Iranian. One is Max Jobrani, mm-hmm. and the other one I don't That's remember. But in Sweden, no. Is it one? In, in Farsi, I know that Shimania Varani before she she got this famous that yeah. she is now. Uh, she did stand up in Farsi. I haven't seen her, but it was more private. Uh, Parties and they said she was a genius. Mm. She was really good, uh, but no, I have been asked to to do it in oh, Farsi, yeah. but it's so new for me <laughs> that yeah. I'm not yet home with Swedish, so I I can't try it under languages. But I maybe will. Maybe you can do only crowd work then. Do do yeah. only crowd work in Farsi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you gotta have a payoff though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have a payoff. You gotta have a, at least one closing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how I always feel like I gotta give them something. Well, they do the crowd work and yeah. everything fails. <laughs> It's a quiet room. Like, like, you look like um, <laughs> so, someone uh, else <laughs> who's uh, hungry. <laughs> That was funny, huh? No, uh, you gotta have something. Asking everyone yeah. the classic. Yeah. What do you work with? What do yeah, you yeah, yeah. You tend to get 
So, Jonathan, if you would guess, like in the future, uh, what, what any future sliding doors that you think might? I don't know, man. Uh, I think uh, something. Oh, I guess. What do you mean? Like what I hope to happen? No, no. At if some, you would guess, if you at would guess, at some point yeah. I'm gonna hopefully transition away from working my day job and focus 100 percent on stand up. And mm. I wonder what it would be the catalyst to make it happen. Mm. Yeah. All right. And not just stand up, but entertaining. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to produce things too. Mm. So I'm wondering what's gonna be the thing that pushes me because I'm a, I'm still a, a very structured person, mm. and that's a big jump for somebody like me to mm. uh, to mm. do it. Because mm. now I don't mind just. I do a lot. Like, I, I edit my podcast, and I do the, the stand-up gigs, and then uh, I do the family stuff, and then I have a full-time job. So at some point, I'm going to have to transition away from work. Mm. So I wonder what that door is going to be. And I'm anxious to, to figure it out, but um, I want to make it happen. So. Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. I think it's a really good thing that you're structured, because that's going to make everything happen. Mm. Yeah. I mean, be, being in the... the Comedy business and being very structured and driven—that—that's mm. the you know, you're gonna make it. Thanks. So, do you wanna plug anything? Like yeah, I've mentioned my podcast like mm. 25 times. So the 26th time, I'll say what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Power Meeting Podcast. Me and my two Swedish homies talking about life, uh, and um, we have the Laugh House, but I don't know when this comes out. Uh, in four weeks. Okay, so never mind. We're gonna okay. probably be in either in hiatus or at a new location. So, yeah. what was the name of your post- podcast again? Uh, the Power Meeting. The podcast. Power Meeting. What yeah. is it about? It's uh, we just it's different things. We talk about silly stuff that happened in the world and stuff stories from our past. It's just me and my two friends, and the listener gets to be kind of a fly on the wall hearing us talk shit, basically. And then we give music tips at the end, okay. and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, so I really, uh, it's been fun doing that. We, uh, yeah. we got a uh, pretty good following, so hopefully your listeners would enjoy it as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. We yeah. will tune in to that. Yeah. Look. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun. Thank right. you. Thank, Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Jonathan. Well, I appreciate you inviting me. If you want to need me back, I'll come back sometime. Oh, oh great. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. a yeah. good boutique. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. run yeah. me a yeah. person. Yeah. 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 We will. We will, definitely. Yeah, man. If you would have got grades like this, you might be a doctor. <laughs> okay, thank you. Right. Uh, and that's it. That's yeah, it. Thank All right. you. Bye-bye. 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 Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.